0: I hope I can make it through a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie.
1: I'm your 100th episode, Neophyte Frank.
0: Holy shit! Today, we're on our 100th episode!
1: And we're covering the Degrassi 100th episode.
0: We did not plan this. Do you ever ever feel like, you know, everything kind of... I don't want to say I'm one of those naive people who thinks that, like, everything happens for a reason. Because I, I, I you know, I feel like that, that there are some holes in the plan in that whole entire thing. But, like, just the fact that somehow, some way, our lives lined... And, like, our recording schedule lined up with this is... It gives me so much joy.
1: Yeah. Like, it just kind of... Like, it just kind of happened. I was actually... Like, if... If you look at the, um, if you look at it online on the Apple thing, this is going to say it's episode 102, but like if you count the episodes, it actually, um, it skips two numbers. I think it skips two and four in the official countdown. I'm just going through it. I'm just like, holy shit. There's, we're at the 100th episode.
0: I, wow. It's, Damn. I, I I didn't really prepare, prepare much about this. I mean, we're going to, we're finishing up the season. We can be more reflective next episode, but it's, it's kind of wild. Like, I don't know. This is probably one of the longest term creative projects I've ever, you know, really, really, truly, like, you know, stuck with consistently. So the fact that we hit this milestone is like really fucking cool.
1: Um. Yeah Um. And we are still not even A third of the way through the whole series
0: You know I figured you were going to Eventually bring me back down to earth And point that out but it's fine It's cool I mean I'm happy Doing this project I'm happy to continue Doing this project so I didn't mean
1: it, didn't mean it as a downer I just meant yeah. more as just like Where we're still at and I'm still Amazed where we have like 285 more to go
0: right this is just like here we go we are just getting started baby because
1: we ain't stopping it's can't too stop can't, can't stop, stop won't will stop. stop might should probably stop <laughs> all
0: right all right okay now that we got that out of the way Um, We are talking about Degrassi, The Next Generation, Season 5 episodes, 18 and 19, High Fidelity. Um, Quick content warnings. There's a brief reference to Emma being hospitalized for her eating disorder. Uh, We have a whole lot of talk about teenage sexuality. uh, A lot of internalized ableism in the second half of the episodes regarding Jimmy Uh, And a whole, unfortunately, a whole lot of slut-shaming regarding how everyone is fucking horrible to Manny. Um, And as always, you know, if you need to take a break, that's cool. If you want to just jump through and, you know, get through it with us, that's cool. We are not judging whatsoever because, oh boy, especially the last one is pretty fucking terrible.
1: Um, We're going to probably be because this is the last episode for Hazel we're probably gonna be talking about some racism
0: yeah that's a good point
1: um and yeah. there's also some Marco in the French with clubs where he might speak about homophobia
0: yeah we might be doing that also one last thing there might be some talk because like Toby is really fucking gross about the premise of uh, lesbianism uh so we might also talk about that sorry there's a lot of potential content warnings on this one um,
1: um sorry, one last one. Uh, yeah. It was just right in my head. Um frack. Uh give me a second, give me a second, give me a second. Calculating, calculating, calculating. Oh. Um now, excuse I, I, now I realize it falls under slot shaming. All right. it's it we're gonna be discussing um um probably a sexual assault because they mentioned manny's video on this
0: right, right and we're probably gonna reflect um yeah so there's quite a few content warnings on this one we'll try and be easy with it especially because this is a two-part episode there's quite a bit that we have to cover um but we're gonna try our best um frank would you like to introduce to us the plots that are going into this episode there's about three i would say
1: Okay, first one is um, the first one is um, Spinner and Darcy are uh, preparing to be separated for three months. I guess while Darcy goes to Bible camp, um, and Darcy, and Spinner wishes he was a new man, but alas, <laughs> and that causes some complications. Uh, Paige and Alex page wants to talk about the future alex doesn't want to talk about the future um ashley returns and she starts immediately meddling in uh ellie and uh jimmy's lives uh did i miss anything
0: uh i think i think you got it covered honestly yeah um so let's just kind of jump through this i'm thinking i know we kind of kicked around this earlier, but I'm thinking that we're just going to fucking go all of it because it all kind of really overlaps in a lot of places.
2: Yeah.
0: So it's all good. So we're going to go through this bit by bit and see where we end up in our discussion. So we open up the episode with the front of the dot. Darcy is in the car waiting for Spinner to leave, and he's pushing Emma, Manny, and Peter out. Now, immediately when we're watching this, Frank and I are both on, like you know, a little on edge because this we are seeing a very different dynamic of this of the three of them. Obviously, things tensions were really high in different ways due to um, the last time we really seen these three interact, which was uh, the episodes in which Emma was dealing with and processing having an eating disorder. Um, But things seem like okay
1: yeah which
0: um it's a complicated thing because i do understand that degrassi operates in a vacuum right so we don't see like it's like time does not exist in degrassi we don't know how much time has gone into relationship dynamics unless there's plots about Dahlia is playing with a piece of vacuum cleaner that she just wanted to pick up and drop. Thank you, Dahlia. But um, it's one of those things where I understand that technically we're not going to see every single little thing change in a relationship dynamic. I just don't feel as though the idea of, oh, well, they all kind of went through Emma's mental health crisis as enough grounds for Manny to be cool with Peter in the way that we're seeing
1: yeah like it's just like from what out of where
0: right and and it's also one of those things where I think that I hope I hope people when they hear me talk about these things I hope they understand that a lot of the time I don't necessarily need an A plot or a B plot talking about this development. I think that, honestly, with me, even if it's just dialogue, like a quick line, I think it saves a lot of headaches with these, with these types of developments. It just seems like it was such a thing that consumed literally the entire season. And then suddenly they're cool and like hanging out and like, you know, saying hi to Darcy before they walk off like, you know, like teenagers, like that's a very teen experience and they were very teenager in that moment. It just doesn't quite sit right with me because it it it, it seems like it's one of those things where Emma's pain negates any of the strife and any of the pain that Manny has gone through, specifically as fallout from Peter's antics.
1: Yeah. It's just like I I I think the main problem with this is that back in like we're we're talking okay the the thing that I think the writers were banking on is that this is a different time um than we're encountering right now, you know. Mhm. Like, cause at the time the the, the the Manny video was released, I was saying it. This reminds me of a lot of Assassination Nation, yeah. Where that one girl gives a speech where she says like, I don't know what this is gonna be on the. This is gonna be on the internet forever. I'm going to like go into job interviews and like all these other things. I'm gonna wonder, did they see this video? Did they okay. see, did they see me? And it's just like, this was the early, early days of the internet. So, you know, they're like, well, it just is gone, you know, and stuff could disappear back then. Now it does not disappear. Um, and it's just, so instead of like, Manny saying to herself, I've been embarrassed in front of the entire like world. She's just saying, I've been embarrassed in front of the school. And it's just this is what I'm like this is the read I'm getting from this of just like um well okay it sucks but you know it happened and I'm moving on and like you know Peter I have to accept that Peter is Emma's boyfriend and it's just why right <laughs> like show like. I've said before, like, Peter Peter would be able to come back if Manny forgave him. But I have not seen Manny forgive him. All I have seen is now them coming out of the dot and everything's hunky-dory. Give me a, Just give me a scene explaining it, and, like, that's convincing, and I'll be cool with it.
0: Right, right. It's, it's not the same. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever be cool with it because I just, as we know, I just don't like Peter. I think what he does is unforgivable but at least from a writing perspective like it's one of those things where if Manny forgives then it's like okay fine but like we just haven't seen it and even then we'll get to the very last bit of it but like I still feel like there is a tension that is there but the writers just kind of are trying to just be like eh, whatever like we're done like it's just it's frustrating because and Manny is is a figure in, like, all the plots in this episode, basically. Um, but once again, is not really given enough autonomy to really do anything in it. And, like, the things that are being said and the things that are being assumed about her are pretty fucking terrible, quite frankly.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they're, like, hanging out, being little, like, you know, teenage dweebs kind of getting out of the dot they say hi to darcy before they head out spinner then goes to darcy's car uh they smoochy smoo uh they see be smoochy smooing a little little farther than darcy necessarily wants so she reminds them that they have made a vow no sex until marriage um and spinner respects it he you know he's not an asshole about it um but (laughs) He does have a moment where he he stares at a plastic Jesus on the dashboard, consumed with lust, before the opening hits.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, she, um, we we find out that, um, like Darcy says, we're gonna be virgins until we're married, and you know, Spinner basically does virgins. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's. It's a mess.
1: All right. So cut into um cut to the cafeteria. Yep. Um Emma is saying to Manny, you're cheaper for someone who's on the phone with Craig until 3. I cannot imagine the fucking Nelson Simpson phone bill. Um <laughs> And Manny's just and I, like, I didn't kind of catch this when we were watching it, but I appreciate Manny's just happy her friend is being healthy again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I also appreciate Emma kind of be, yeah. Emma's Emma seems very like also like very much like, yeah, no, fuck. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, I don't want to have to do that again. Sounds great. Um, Cause I don't know. It's, there's kind of, like, this morose element to it, which I think happens a lot um, when you have been hospitalized, where, like, you kind of have a very strange relationship with it, where you can acknowledge, like, yes, like, hopefully, doesn't always happen, but maybe you got some things out of it, so you can be like, yeah, no, like, that part was cool, and I like, oh, not other parts, um, don't want to fucking go back. So Emma kind of being in that really complicated space that does happen frequently when people come out of hospitalization situations was nice to see. Um, but also to see that she is trying to move forward. She is trying to, to you know, kind of rebuild her relationship with food and it's not going to be super easy, but she is going to try her fucking best. And, and that's important to see.
1: Yeah. Um, and... Um, you know what, at first... Um, at first, I thought, like... Uh, like, And Peter's saying, like, like, you know, Manny's like, oh, I need... I don't... um, We need refreshments for the various, though, and I still don't have a tech crew. Um, and Peter starts saying, Manny, you're the director, or the lead actor. I don't know where he's going with that, because Emma just says, this is your show, take charge. And at first I thought it was Emma being her usual self. But like now I'm kind of thinking of it as just like her being like, Manny, go get your power. Considering like where she's at.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting to me because I felt that whole exchange was way was honestly what you would expect like a a trio of teenagers to say. And I wish I could have just been like, hell yeah. But <laughs> then I also was like, Ugh. Uh, because I just keep thinking about Peter And what he has done
1: Yeah I mean I'm still not happy Peter's so. there
0: um, Right it's like I wish there was another boy there That would be great
1: Or a girl just saying
0: Girl but I'm saying if we have to have a boy And we have to have a love interest for Emma Fuck like We could have many others
1: I'm just saying <laughs> I named them like best couple Like three years in a row
0: You did, you did. But I also want Mandy to have someone better
1: well, okay. I think that's a discussion for a a, a a different time. Oh my God, that's an episode. Oh. A what if gay episode where how would it change the characters if they were dating somebody better?
0: Oh, my time to shine. <laughs>
1: like what if like what if Emma and Manny after Emma and Sean break up just start dating in season two?
0: hell yes <laughs> hell yes let's let's table this let's let's table this for 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 later
1: yeah okay so um manny stands up um and says okay okay and spinner's just like look if we're gonna be it, we gotta be busy but like uh <laughs> does it work um oh. Ma- Manny stands up. Okay, all you on the table goes. Okay, all you Degrassiites, the variety show needs volunteers. So come on, everybody, show some support. Danny continues to be a little shit. Um, yeah. And yells, take it off. Derek cheers and goes woof 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 for whatever. And Spinner signs him and D- Darcy up for it.
0: Yeah. Um. It's it sucks, but it's like Jesus. It's just like. <sighs> I just want Manny to get a fucking break. Like, why can't she just have a plot? And there's a part of me that's like, well, you know, you know, Donnie, that's not unrealistic. Like, kids don't forget reputations, even if, like, you know, it's undeserving. And you're right. You're right. But also at the same time, I feel like when it's at TV and you just keep seeing it day in, day out of these episodes, it, it's a fucking lie, and it sucks. And Like, just because it's realistic doesn't mean that, like, it has to be recreated, detailed.
1: I don't know if this was just in my high school, but, like, in in my school, if some, something like this happened, like, you get at least one other person from across the room, being like, hey, shut the fuck up! And, and then, you just hear a weary teacher be like, go to detention, and and he just, the person would just walk out proudly.
0: (laughs) We didn't necessarily have that. I mean, things in my school were done a little more uh, passive aggressively, but like, you know, it it also depends on your school, right? We can only speak to our school experiences. Um, But yeah, it's just like, I don't know, I just I'm sure there's plenty of circumstances that that this is how it would play out, but it's just I. It doesn't help that like I find Manny to be such a wonderful character, and watching her just keep getting this shit thrown at her is just ridiculous. And then it also gets worse for the plot because Manny is super enthused that Spinner and Darcy are volunteering. That she gives Spinner this this hug, um, and of course Darcy. Is very suspicious because of this hug
1: and because of Manny's reputation. Yes. Sick of it. Um. So then we cut to a classroom. Um. Miss is saying. Well, um,
0: oh, she's typing up the variety show.
1: Yeah. Um and this is our first foray into the Paige Alex uh B plot where um Paige is uh upset because she doesn't hear from banting. Uh, Miss Hesselgh says like, oh well acceptance letters are just trickling in. Um and Paige is like still like that doesn't help me. And Alex is also being fairly unhelpful that um, she's, like, talking about getting a tattoo or learning how to play the bass. And, like, Alex would look good playing a bass.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I think... I, I, and I keep thinking... I'm thinking about it now. Like, we're watching her struggle, and it's it's... This whole plot has been kind of interesting in the fact that I feel like it's not... I feel like there's a bunch of plots in this in this season specifically where I feel like the wrong character got the focus in the sense of like this has been all about Paige and Paige's motivations after school, after high school and all this and Alex feeling utterly lost. And yeah. we're just not seeing like Alex is coming off petulant when really Alex is fucking terrified. Yeah. But she just is coming off, like, very dismissive and claiming that she's living in the moment. Um, And Paige is just getting continuously frustrated. And this is a very real, like, issue that happens a lot, especially senior year of high school. I think that a divide does happen. Um, And that's not a good thing, by the way. I'm not saying that it's, it's a good thing. I think that it can be called out by adults and, like, worked on. But I think... The fear that a lot of kids trying to go to college have toward their peers who aren't doing that is something that happens in a lot of schools. Um, So it's not that surprising that Paige is having this conflict and having this issue. Um, I just, I don't know. I I found this distressing in the sense of, like, Alex clearly has no direction. No adults have been helping her. Her friends have not been helping her. I feel bad.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: And then they go to the movie theater.
1: Yeah, Paige is excited. She got the big letter from Banting. She's accepted. <laughs> Alex is just saying, like, look, you know, like, the job is insane right now. Um, they get into another fight about this. Um. Um, let's see. I'm just going back to the transcript. Um, and there's a, and this is actually like the most well written, annoying male retail customer.
0: Right. I was activated.
1: Um, um, <laughs> whatchamacallit. Um, and Paige is like trying like trying to make their relationship like make sense if with her at banting. Like you could transfer, go to a different movie theater, get like move in with her, all this other stuff. And this guy's just like, oh, can I gotta get more topping on the popcorn. To the point where Alex just stares at him and just hits the like topping button a bunch of times. Yep. Alex did what I always wanted to do <laughs> and gets fired for it.
0: Yeah, but it's like really fucking humiliating. So the guy like points out, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't act that way with your manager there. But by the way, there's a manager change, um, which kind of explains probably why they didn't have uh, that. I feel like, like, uh, when the movie theater job was starting, there was a lot more tension with the manager. So that kind of probably explains why they dropped the tension with the manager. Um, But there's a new manager. um, She's not happy, and... Ew, it's a bit a bit of a yikes situation happening there.
1: Yeah. Oh God. So then we cut to inside the movie theater. Ugh. Um. Spinner and Darcy are necking.
0: I was gonna say necking too. I'm glad that you also said necking. It's, well, it's in when, my notes.
1: It's when you're kissing the neck. Um.
0: Well, that was like all they were doing. The laser focus on the neck.
1: Yeah. Um. And uh, Spinner is digging himself deeper with his virginal lie To the point he blasphemes, basically And says, like, I'm so virginal, Mary is jealous Like, I'm not a Catholic, but that doesn't seem like something a Catholic should
0: say Oh, no, 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 well, they're not Catholic, I don't think Because remember, Marco is Catholic Friendship Club is Christian But I don't think they've ever specified a denomination
1: yeah, I guess.
0: Trust me, trust me, the vibe of friendship. It wouldn't be called Friendship Club. It would be like Hell and Damnation Club. Disclaimer, I was raised Catholic. <laughs> trust me, the language would be so different. That is not a Catholic organization.
1: Yeah. Once uh, again, disclaimer,
0: I was raised Catholic.
1: Um. So, um, he heads up, uh, oh, and Darcy brings up Manny yet again. Of course. Um, and says that she could purify herself through a ceremony. Um, and then we cut to the concession stand where mm-hmm. Paige and, and Spinner kind of talk about their shitty nights. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: because he sees the envelope. Which why is she leaving it on a counter that can potentially get super greasy? I don't know, but I understand she's 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 going through a lot right now.
1: Yeah. Um. So they chat. Um. Paige says he must be really into Darcy, and um. She gives him like a ten dollar bag of candy, which is just an old sized bag of candy, but at the movie theater. Right. And we and we see Alex walk out. Um, and you know says uh, she's fired, and Alex is saying it's time for her to do something else, and Paige is like anything in mind and pa- Alex is rifle right and saying, I just got fired. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, right.
0: I'm also very like, ah, uh, in the sense of like, um, the fact that Alex had to clean up the bathroom and then get fired like holy (laughs) shit
1: yeah like that is the worst when employers pull that shit um so then we cut to a jewelry store and spinner has bought darcy a pair of clatter rings
0: yep um, he hasn't even bought them yet. He's like, "Hey, I'm thinking cloud of rings," and like opens it up in the store. Next uh, is the Herbal Essence Stand, which is important for later.
1: <laughs> I didn't know the Herbal Essence Stand. Um. Oh Jesus Christ! These
0: uh. oh, were so big. I don't. Uh, here's the thing. I can't. I can't speak to how big Claddagh rings were outside of my my area, as there was a big Irish population, and I feel like a lot of folks were really, really into them. Um, and I was fascinated by them, but I also like didn't wanna get one for myself, and I was like, man, I really hope someone, like, buys me one, wink, wonk. Keep in mind, I really wasn't dating all that much in high school. Who the fuck was gonna give me one? And my parents weren't gonna give me one, but I was still like, man, I'd love one, wink. And it, like, never happened.
1: You're, you're just saying this as you walk down the halls?
0: Yeah, just like, <laughs> hey, ladies. I would love a ring, wink, wonk, as if, like... <laughs> And I'm sure quite a few of these were bought by parents, and I am positive that is definitely the case for a lot of my friends, but I still was like, I want this, and I don't even wear jewelry. Like, I wear jewelry for, like, two weeks. This necklace on my neck is the only thing, probably the longest I've ever worn jewelry consistently. Um, and, like, I would have worn it for two weeks, and I've been like, I'm done. <laughs>
1: my... um. When my uh, grandfather started dating my grandmother, um, uh, he made her a heart out of plastic. Okay. Um, and my sister, like, wears it now. So. Um, but, yeah. I don't think I ever bought jewelry for a girl.
0: Honestly buying jewelry for anybody is a really fucking dubious thing i feel like like uh, apparent according to everyone i know it, it's it's not a not an easy endeavor i think that especially jewelry taste is so like specific like and it's like little fucking shit that like it's like oh i don't like how this thing is set and it's like oh well that's great that was good to know well- I, I don't know
1: I actually um I read this thing on Reddit and tell me if you think this is creepy or not. Well. <laughs> okay, well it's just like people at work thought it was weird, but it's just like this guy was trying to subtly find a way to ask his girlfriend um to to find out his girlfriend's ring size. Mhm. So he would like, you know, various female friends and family members, he would hold their hands if, and like he's like the feeling of her hand in mine is such a, like, gives such a tactile response that I just know what it is or I know what it's like. So, like, I would just hold various women's hands until I found one that just felt like hers, and i just ask her what her ring size is. I mean, with their permission. Still weird?
0: Still a bit weird. Fair enough. Hand-holding is a bit intimate to me. Yeah,
1: but I mean, it was just it, like for me, it wasn't weird because it was like it like they knew what the cause was, and it wasn't strangers. It's was, like, hey, hold my hand.
0: <laughs> I guess.
1: <laughs> I just it now, just now, now, I'm just imagining, like, <laughs> you, like you, like just people just like saying their various things, like, oh man, like you just walking down the street, like, oh, I wish somebody could buy a clout ring for me. And him just be like, who wants to hold my hand?
0: Right. Like unstoppable force, immovable object.
1: <laughs> anyway. Um So where are we? So yeah, the, 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 the clutter thing ring the rings happen.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's also funny because he like puts it on her hand and then like realizes that he has to buy it, so there's like that whole little thing. But um
1: Yeah. Um, so <laughs> We cut to the variety show. Manny is like, um, Manny is like, you know, directing people, and she's she doing says so to, much "Shit." I'm sorry, what?
0: She's doing so much shit. Also, a thing that frustrates me, she's running this whole entire fucking thing, and like now she also has to deal with the fact that everyone's fucking asshole to her.
1: Yeah. Um. Manny points out that Spinner has a thing for teen, for teenagers, thing for cheerleaders. <laughs> so Um, and s- tells Darcy she's a lock to lead the squad next year.
0: And Darcy naturally responds by telling Manny to to repent and join Friendship Club. And this also really bugs me. It's like, I, this is another instance of is it realistic? Probably. Do I really want to watch it? Not really. Especially in the case of Darcy, because we have seen consistently with regards toward a friendship club that she's really not into indoctrinating people. She's really not into like, she, she may gently say, Hey, if you're struggling, like, you know, this is always an option, but to frame it as like, like in this way, it's just very, gross it's gross i
1: think we're i think there's something we haven't kind of recognized up until this point is that the writer that the characters are what the writers need them to be at the moment
0: that's true that's true they're not they're not um
1: they're not consistent
0: right and i think that it's particularly obvious in in this approach to the series that they are it's, it's in this is something we can talk about next episode and I know we'll talk about next episode how these plots are ran very tightly now and I think it's at the expense of consistent characterization yeah and unfortunately like every single female character in this has a moment where they are a nag basically
1: yeah um so Miss Kwan is handing out exams Oh, uh, did we, we completely, sorry, we can't move on just yet. Now we can't. Uh, Manny drops the bomb when she finds out that Spinner and Darcy aren't having sex. Like She, she kind of, she points out that, like, yeah, they've had sex.
0: Yeah, and she also is like, you know, what is Spinner telling you if, like, you know... She, she's very suspicious of Spinner's intentions then if he is taking the if he is going through all these motions to lie, basically. Yeah. Which sucks.
1: Yeah. So cut to Miss Kwan's class. Mrs. Kwan's class. Mm-hmm. Um Jimmy is pumped he got a
0: um Um Ms. He got Ms. A minus. H-
1: Mrs. Kwan, like, calls out Alex, which sucks. And, like, she got a C. A C a Cs get degrees.
0: C is not the worst, especially, like, it's the end of the year. Like, that's the other thing, because it's kind of like a moot point. You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 who, she's graduating. Like, if you get a C as a senior, like, that means that you're a little competent. Like, you're still in it. Like, you're still cognizant. Like, I feel like senior year... Like, so many kids are just like, I'm not gonna turn that in. I'm gonna do the numbers game. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, you know, I already got into my school or I know I'm not going to school and I'm doing this. Like, it's 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 just not, it's very weird because for something, for an episode that is the like, end of senior year for so many of these kids, it doesn't really fucking feel that way for a lot of these kids. And I think the fact that they chose to end this this phase honestly of the show with spitter and jimmy two people who don't graduate this year sorry spoilers jimmy's not graduating i find to be a big mistake i feel like if like i feel like if it feels like a wrong send-off because it just ends up being spinner's story basically when as opposed to how is this group going to end everything because like we don't really know what most of these kids are doing right now we know that Paige is going to Banting we know that Marco's presumably going to school to school somewhere and is valid Victorian um but other than that we don't really know what any of these kids are doing and it's very weird it just doesn't feel like a senior year experience at all
1: yeah um so, um, Alex and Paige get into another fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, like, Alex points out, like, I'm, she's not, still not going to college, and she wants to do something fun with Paige. And what would have been interesting if they talked, if, like, this episode was focused on just, like, Alex knows Paige is not going to be around forever, and Paige or Alex probably can't follow her. So let's get in the living while we can. But instead, like like you said, Donnie, it just comes across that Al- Alex is actually petulant and childish. Right. So. Um,
0: and 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 from Paige's point of view, it's hard to frame it as anything but.
1: Yeah. So. Um, uh, they okay. what. Well,
0: Sorry, I spaced. Did you did you mention all the welfare comic? Because I found that to be interesting, and then immediately like evaporated.
1: Um, I mean, it just kind of just struck me as classic Alex.
0: Right, right, but it feels like the only moment that we almost get a sense of like, oh. Maybe, maybe this is what's actually happening in the sense that she's like, well, I could always go on welfare. And then Paige makes a comment. She's like, you don't really know what welfare is. And it's just like, this would be something that would actually make sense and would have more of, like, a, a anchoring in the story if it was actually Alex talking about it. God damn it. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever
1: yeah
0: anyway so um, we go to the next scene Liberty and Manny have a disagreement about the script it sounds like it's a hot fucking mess so like it's a variety show but it's framed around a plot of some sort like a loose plot um, and each act is a different time period but the time periods are bouncing around and Liberty much like me is having a fit about it because it's like what the fuck is this? And Manny is just like, whatever, fuck it. This is how it's going to be. I don't want to hear it. I'm only one person. I had do all the fucking work. Um, and as they are having this happen, uh, Liberty reveals that one of the leads has developed mono. One of the male lead host people developed mono. Um, and Spinner is immediately asked to be this person. Um and Spinner jumps in. He's like, oh, I don't really want to do this, but sure. Um, and he and Manny kind of act out a quick little scene, and they're like super. It's like a part where like the two car- the two people kiss, um, and they're like super jokey about it. Like they're just air kissing and like you know being super silly. It's it's interesting because I actually find, especially in this episode, the two actors to have a lot of chemistry. Like they seem like fun together. Yeah in the sense of like the the affection is very sincere the um the joking is it falls pretty all right with me and everything um obviously it doesn't matter what i think cuz darcy is really fucking upset watching this happen um and um after that, that moment breaks up, Darcy immediately accuses Manny of still having feelings for Spinner. And Darcy asks her to repent um, and specifically calls her a slut, which fucking sucks.
1: Um, and... <laughs> as as, it, as much as it does suck, I do like the fact that Manny is not backing down.
0: No, she's not. But even then, once again... This is not a story that should be Darcy's. Like we shouldn't be privyed really to Darcy's point of view here. It should be Manny because Manny fucking yanks on her hair and is fucking furious, saying that like like nobody. I forget exactly what the line. I don't have. To
1: you, you are the last person to ever call me that.
0: Right, and I think that is huge. Um, the fact that people are saying this about her constantly, and we see in the episode people saying it to her face and people saying it, you know, behind her back. Um, and the fact that she is just like, she does just lash out um, is really fucking big. And it really sucks that they don't really talk about it all because, like, her treatment is unrelenting. And she has said really worrisome shit about how bad her mental health is. But outside of, you know, outside of her, how she, her presence makes. People, apparently, like, you know, assholes. Um, we get very little insight into her and her mental health and her, her, her mind as all of this shit is happening. And it's incredibly frustrating because I feel like this is the moment, right? She's lashing out what are going to be, what is, what, now what for her? And in the case of this, they fight. Spinner gets in the middle of it Darcy, you know, Darcy snaps at Spinner and walks off and Manny just jumps back into director mode. She's not even allowed to reflect. She's not even allowed to make sense of the fact that she was activated. She's not allowed to, you know, really think of, like, you know, really talk about how, not think about, I think she's thought about it often, but talk about how all these perceptions about her have really, you know, fucked with her. And continue to it's not just like over the course of you know her her main plots
1: yeah (sighs) Um, I don't have much to add to that that was very well put Uh, uh, so we cut to the dot where Marco is practicing his Victorian speech Um, I'm sure he is just a bundle of nerves at this point
2: oh he is
1: Um, Marco says to Spinner that he looks like he lived through a country song. Um.
0: (laughs) Spinner's comeback is pretty fucking good, honestly.
1: (laughs) My dog is fine. Truck runs too.
0: Yeah, like, I thought that was actually pretty fucking funny.
1: Um, and then Paige says, must be girl triplets, which Marco replies, no kidding, you didn't hear about the Darcy-Manny cage match. Um. Um, excuse me.
2: That's
1: okay. Uh, so, Spinner tries to talk to Paige, or he, like, he tries, he talks to the talks to Paige about what's going on, and Paige points out that Darcy is jealous of your past. Like, what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spinner, and then we cut to commercial, and we come back to, I'm pretty sure we do. Um, we come back to the mall where, um, and they're still having a discussion about the difference between having fun and, um, Alex and Pager. I'm sorry,
0: Alex and Page are,
1: yeah, Alex and Page are still discussing about the difference between like fun and thinking about the future And um whatchamacallit, um Alex tries to encourage Paige to take the C D
0: and like specifically.
1: Yeah, and then slips into Paige's bag, which bad on you, Alex. Um and Paige, the, the alarm goes off, Paige Goes back in to apologize, and we cut the friendship club. <laughs> um,
0: we're going on a journey,
1: yeah. Like, and they're like, like Marco and Spiro, sure? yeah, they're lighting candles. Uh, Marco's like, You sure about this, my dude? <laughs> and um. And Spinner is like, yeah, I'm sure, like, um, Marco's just like, look, I'm cool with French Club. I'm wondering if they kick that person out.
0: Oh, um, Linus?
1: Yeah. Because, like, he insulted the principal and then attacked Marco. Or, like, him and Marco got in a fight.
0: Yeah, you know, like, the, the greater consequences of, of what he has done has not really been addressed.
1: Yeah. So Darcy comes in, um, and Darcy, um, and Spinner, uh, basically, like, and that's they're gonna be virgins together again. um, uh, i don't know like I, I feel weird about this scene
0: yeah it's just very i mean it's it's spinner i think the thing is is just there's this weird i feel like adding the friendship club as as a key part of spinner like it <laughs> I just feel like it's missing, it's it's removing a lot of, like, the true issue here, right? Spinner is only obsessive with running away from his past because he was hurt by his mistakes. And he's trying to run away from that and trying to, to a certain extent, run away from the responsibility of it. He... <laughs> sorry, baseball just made some chirpy noises and yawned, and I can't resist. Um, but i I feel like it, it it almost cheapens the very real issue and question that is here concerning spinner's um life, really, which is like, can you be forgiven for the actions that he has done? Is it possible to truly make, you know, do what you can to make peace with the people who were hurt by your decisions. And it's now converged into my girlfriend is mad at me because I had sex with people before I met her um and has now become I'm going to run away from my past and the way that I'm going to run away from my past is going to be renewing my virginity. It I see There is like an attempt at a connection, but it's really not salient. And it really, once again, doesn't have Spinner truly reflect on his actions. He's in this mess because of what happened with Rick. It's not because, you know, at the end of the day, everything comes back to that. That is why he's struggling, because he feels so disconnected. It's not really about Friendship Club, but Friendship Club is now occupied so much of it, you kind of forget. And I feel like that's why a lot of this stuff, I don't want to say it comes off disingenuous, but does just come off weird.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know, the whole thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's also one of those things where I think also time, I think that Friendship Club um, and the way that Friendship Club is framed, is also very much, it's very time capsule-y. It's very reminiscent of, like, a lot of youth group stuff that was happening in the off. Um, and that's not to say that, like, there aren't youth-oriented religious groups right now, but it it really reminded me of the um, the groups that, were in my my area growing up and stuff. So I think there's also that, where we are very like, we bristle at this because it's reminding of us of a very specific time. The um, time of Twilight. Right, like I think it's just one of those things, yeah. I think it's one of those things where it's also activating something in us as people who who were alive during this and were like, you know, teenagers and young adults in this period. We were just like, ah! Oh. <laughs> well, we were talking about it earlier also, we were talking about like, purity rings and purity balls and like all that type of stuff like that shit was like a topic of conversation very frequently when I was in high school so I feel like a lot of this is like a response to that type of culture so when we see friendship club we're like because we're thinking of that
1: yeah um so yeah that happens um I'm sorry what
0: yep just agreeing
1: all right, um, and then um, Paige is angry at Alex, um, and here we finally kind of get to the crux of what's going on with Alex. Yeah. Um, that like Paige wants Alex to follow in her future, but Alex doesn't know if that's her future, and it. Leads to them having... Leads to them breaking up. Because, like, Alex doesn't want to just be, like... She's like, what am I going to do? Just get a minimum wage job and just live like that? Like, no. You know? Yeah.
0: Um... This is more what I wish this episode had plots like. Because I feel like there is a lot of... I feel like there's a lot of strife in relationship dynamics when you get toward this. Well, there's two there's two types of senior year relationships, right? There's the optimistic, we're going to celebrate each and every moment we have because we know we're going to go to college or we're going to go to wherever our separate ways for a little bit. But we're going to make it work. We're going to get through it. And this moment where it is, like things aren't going to fucking work. Um, like, you know, like you're right. We are going in two different ways and and maybe we should just like, you know, cut it here as opposed to having this disintegrate later um this is more what i expect when you are sending off a sizable amount of your cast out of high school when you are a high school based program yeah because let's be real that's the big question when you get senior gear right who stays together who breaks up Who's still friends? Who becomes friends within the last week weeks of school? Because that's also a thing that happens where suddenly you and this person who you never fucking talk to end <laughs> up at every fucking graduation party, and you're always eating pasta salad together. That is also another thing.
1: I like that very specific pasta salad thing.
0: Look, look, I senior year was weird. I don't have very, I have very bad memory. It's like PTSD related, but for whatever reason, the period that was like the last week of high school to the, through the summer to like about like the first year of college, for whatever reason is like very distinct to me. And a lot of it just had to do with like weird ass dynamics and things being so peculiar to me that for whatever reason, I can't shake them off of my mind. And like, that was one thing it was like, why was I really good friends with these two people that I literally never talked to for, like, four or six years? We went to a junior, senior high school, so it was very likely it was six years. I don't know, but then we went on a field trip together toward the end of the year, and we were best buddies. That's the kind of shit I kind of want to see, and I don't think that – I don't know how unique of an experience this is, but I think it is like kind of like when you're getting to the end of this big event, big life event, you know, which axes do you check in on? who do you decide to not have sign your yearbook? Who do you decide to have sign your yearbook? Who sends you a sentimental message you weren't prepared for? Like, that's more what I think about when I think senior year plots. Not Spinner and his virginity.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Anyway, so, so they break up, and I do find this conflict to be very good. And I also really appreciate alex being just this vulnerable having being vulnerable enough to say these things but once again i think it would have been more effective if we were watching this through alex and watching her process this or lack thereof and and watch her have this strife because i feel like that is actually where the story is um but you know i'll take what i can fucking get i guess i'm sorry frank about your ship <sighs>
1: It'll always exist in my fanfiction.
0: I mean, yeah. That's what fanfiction is for, baby. Um,
1: you say baby kind of like uh, this one YouTuber I, I enjoy.
0: Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I actually uh, lovingly recreate... the. So the reason why I say baby the way that I do is uh, I am impersonating specifically Chris Farron, one of my favorite musicians, because he fucking, like... He's just a weird little gremlin man whom I love dearly, who just always says baby, but exactly with that inflection. (laughs) Nice. Oh, we're feeling feisty, Basil. Sorry, I just, Basil's been next to me literally through watching the episode and now recording the episode, and I love her. Um, Anyway, so we move to a undisclosed location, In which Darcy and Spinner have the worst picnic I've ever laid eyes on, Um, including the food, including but not limited to Cheetos, some sort of dull juice drink, which I think might be pineapple juice, and an unknown jar, which I think is peanut butter. Frank disagreed, but a jar of something that has a peanut butter, smooth peanut butter-like consistency.
1: It's just too light to be peanut butter.
0: Maybe it's like a different nut,
1: um, or a seed. Yeah.
0: Maybe it's weird. It's it's a weird spread, but you know what? We weren't prepared for this to happen, right? So they're they're doing that, and the reason why I say dolls because they strategically, you know, twisted that little little uh bottle right in the camera lens so that you can see that logo. Uh, I don't know why Degrassi – Degrassi, just there's something about product placement for it that I'm just so fascinated by, which we will talk about more later on. But, like, they just – they just fucking go for it. Um, anyway, so they are talking, and eventually Spinner reveals that, you know, how many people he slept with um, – and Darcy is upset that he withheld this information and Spinner is just aggressively like, Yeah, but I'm cleansed, so like it doesn't fucking matter. I'm cleansed. Which once again goes into my big issue with Spinner, goes into my big issue with this these this fucky all basically all of Spinner's plots since Rick. In the sense of Spinner thinks that he's done and that he has done his work and he doesn't actually give anybody the time to process and forgive him because we're on spinner time all the fucking time. Um, And it's just, it's it's annoying. It's been multiple seasons of this shit. Like, and just, yeah, sure, like, different ways, but it all goes back to the same fucking thing. He wants to be cleansed specifically because he wants to, like, you know, be cleansed of his past mistakes regarding, you know, a lot of shit. And it's just like, I don't know, he, he's not cute when he's doing this shit.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: And then, of course, like, the conversation becomes him being like, like, you don't think, uh, like, I can ever be clean enough. And it's like, no, dude, she didn't really say that. She said that. You are fucking lying, and that's why she's mad. Like, yeah, she might have some petty feelings toward Manny. We can definitely, like, you know, pick that apart. But I think the most important piece here is that she even says to him, my issue is that you're lying to me, that you're not telling me everything. She, you know, we can unpack her internalized misogyny another time, but right now let's focus on the fact that Spinner is continuously withholding information. And this is like strike ten, really but it's it's very frustrating watching this conversation happen, because I think we're supposed to take away from it the idea of Spinner feeling vindicated in his being upset about the situation when it's really that spinner fucked up. And yeah. then he, and then he's the one that breaks up and, and passes along the of ring.
1: Yeah, and it's just and then. It's over again, I guess.
2: <laughs> right.
1: <sighs> it's just, it's weird. Um. So then, um, then comes a scene that I actually enjoyed. Mhm. Um, where like, uh, what's it? excuse me, Alex returns home and finds Jay sitting on her couch um and Jay is just like, hey, I'm not here to bug you, I'm here just to watch the game with Jeff, who just so happens to be passed out right now (laughs) um and um Alex I was thinking of the fact that her and Paige broke up. Um, and Jay starts in with a joke. He's um, like, Oh, do you need a shoulder cry on, or maybe just a quick rebound? Um, and Alex says, I'm not bi, I'm a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Um, and just. Uh, Okay, Jay, I'm not bi, I'm not confused I'm a lesbian, an actual lesbian Who just broke up with her first girlfriend And it sucks And Jay um, Jay says I'm sorry It's one of the first times I've said sorry And actually meant it Um, And Alex says she believes him And Jay offers just to sit there And watch TV with her
0: Yeah, I love that Honestly, like, I, I you know, Jay is, Jay is a bit of a dirtbag, you know, no matter what, but I do like the idea of him sincerely feeling bad for her and deciding, and, you know, kind of just being like, you know, let's just watch baseball, keep a respectful distance. Like, I, I appreciate, as much as I don't love him being like, oh, love, let's be a rebound, I do appreciate that she said no. He went, okay. And let's just resume being buds.
1: Well, I mean, we're still, I mean, this is still the Jay from like, who points out that he also has nothing. Like when (laughs) him and Spinner were going to burn down the school or Spinner was going to burn down the school. Like, I'm sure he, I mean, he's hanging out with Jeff. Jeff's a loser and Jay is just like, well, I got no one else.
0: Right, right. And I think there is something significant in terms of, his sincerity in terms of how, sorry, my cats are like licking behind me and I'm just like, I hope the mic doesn't pick up. Um, I think it also kind of speaks to, there is this degree of sincerity with the situation and, and how much he does value Alex. So yeah. Maybe he took him being a shithead for a while to, to actually value her, but I don't know. There's something I do appreciate about, about, the power of friendship, I guess. Like, I appreciate seeing a lesbian character, which, by the way, now, like, you know, this is the first time we've really heard a character specifically, um, well, between Paige and Alex, specifically, like, put a title to their sexuality. Um, They were kind of, like, flying by the seat of their pants and seeing what was happening, and they weren't really, like, using terminology, which... There's a lot of discussion about this in media, of the importance of using of using labels, but also trying, but also, like, you know, there is the very real thing where kids don't always know, and experimenting is okay, and you don't necessarily need to know the title. So, it's a very real conflict, and I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong answer, but it is still cool to kind of have, like, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, there is a title here. She is yes. a lesbian.
1: Um... So then we get Spinner and Paige um, commiserating with one another about how they get both got broken up with. Yep. Um. And one thing leads to another; they start kissing.
0: Yeah, they start they start smooing. Um. Yep. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode.
1: A little bit of Frank dies.
0: <laughs> yep. Oh man, they're gonna get together. Oh my god, they're endgame, and I'm just sitting here. And I'm like, because I can't see anything.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: That ruins the experiment.
1: Um. So Marco is helping. We cut. Okay. New episode. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um. <laughs> Darcy and Spinner have broken up twice. So far in one episode Let's see how many times they break up And get back together over the course of this episode
0: Oh baby
1: Um So Marco is helping Spinner with his tech Duties Um Um Spinner calls Paige stage Um Uh, He falls backwards off the stage Um, And uh, Oh and um, (laughs) Marco is uh, Marco says like oh you're Preoccupied Um, (laughs) What hot date with Darcy last night after that bizarre Yet strangely moving re-virginizing Ceremony (laughs) Yeah I love Marco (laughs)
0: me too what a what a what a gem how much do we think that he's just going in he's just tagging along on this whole entire adventure because he desperately needs like drama that doesn't have anything to do with him
1: I mean I don't think you're wrong
0: right like dude I would be so, I'd be like, oh, you gotta talk to me? Oh, thank you so much for trusting me with this. Has a group chat where I'm like, yo, you will not fucking believe what just happened. Like, <laughs> I would be all over this. Especially at like end of senior year. Presumably he knows what school he's going to. His grades are fine. He has a speech. He's, his GPA is not shifting at all. He is guaranteed in the valedictorian spot. Fuck yeah, I would tag along and listen to the Spinner drama. Hell yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, Spinner falls off the stage, um, and Marcos is like, "Holy shit, was it you and Paige?" And I mean, he's
0: like, stage whispering.
1: Darcy shows up, apologizes.
0: Everyone wolf, wolf someone wolf whistles.
1: Yeah. They kiss, and um, Darcy says, "Consider it, consider me." Um, then we cut to Paige and Hazel giving out earbooks. Um, and this I kind of liked. Um, Me- Hazel says So, if you and Alex want to, a bunch of girls are going for fondue. A bunch of. Yeah, if you, you and Alex want to, a bunch of girls are going for fondue. And I now have a new fanfiction idea, which is Hazel being like, you know what? I'm going to go hear her side of the story.
0: Mm. Over fondue,
1: yeah,
0: hell yeah. Um, hot action.
1: Um, Paige, um, Hazel and Paige discuss what's going on. Um, and like Paige brings up, like, she made out with Spinner last night. Hazel's like, But I just got used to you being a lesbian. <laughs>
0: uh, and then that summons Toby apparently. But it's like in the, Frank made me have to watch this. He was like, you need to look at this because it's literally like Toby's moving equipment. He hears the word lesbian. He does a three point turn. This motherfucker like K turns to the conversation um, and just like is like lesbians.
1: Um, I also made a funny noise. Thank you very much.
0: Oh, sorry. My bad. Would you like to recreate it?
1: Okay. Um, I'm just.
0: Like... <laughs> yep. That is true. Yes, certainly did. <laughs>
1: See, I thought the noise was the best part. Um. So, Taby, Taby, Toby. Um. Like. Oh page is just sick of his shit and it's just like whatever has said, said at the yearbook table stays at yearbook table which totally replies just you know I totally, just so just you know i totally support your freedom to date whomever and by the way i'm totally available and mouth's call me
0: awful fucking terrible yeah. And, and we'll talk more about this next episode because we'll talk about, like, send-offs. And I feel like we should address some characters get, you know, are no longer principal characters. And this is technically Toby's last episode of being a principal character. And I hate that this is what we get.
1: Yeah. Um, cut to uh, a different hallway. And a pair of boots are made for walking towards Jimmy.
0: Yep. Um, it is Ashley, and she is wearing a wretched hat. It is huge. <laughs> it's, like, those, like, page boy hats, but it's, like, super puffy. It looks like the hat that you wear when you get, like, the full doctorate regalia.
1: It looks like a chef's hat that collapsed in on itself.
0: That, too. Where's
1: it looks girl? like the the dying dream of a chef's hat.
0: Ugh. But, um, she... She's here. Um, They reflect on how unique Degrassi is, and Jimmy is reiterating, like, no, I'm fucking out of here. Hopefully, you know, everything will be okay, Um, especially because I don't know if we really mentioned it too much in the last scene with uh, Quan passing out the tests, but Jimmy is really holding out that he is able to graduate in spite of the fact that he might be short some credits. Um, And Ashley is bringing up that, I have to call. <laughs> Ashley's bringing up that she might actually be coming back to Degrassi. Um, immediately after Hasselakos leads Jimmy to the office. Um, and she has, like, no tact. Because in one breath, she's like, you know, you've done really amazing work. Jimmy's just like, oh, I really fucking hope I graduate. And she's just like, well, you don't have enough credits, So, sorry, buddy. Um, and is pretty fucking graceless about it, honestly. I mean... Credit conversations, honestly, are, are really arbitrary, and they do end up happening at really inopportune times toward the end of the year. Um, it almost seems like, it feels like like whoever runs attendance doesn't actually tally the attendance until like the last few weeks of school, and then suddenly it's like, oh, fuck, you've missed an obscene amount. Um But Jimmy is just like, hey, like, is it possible? Can you can you excuse me? Something like that. Um, And as is was like, no, I can't.
1: I would just be like, hey, remember, like, your complete failure to stop, like, my getting injured. Remember that? Maybe we just call it good.
0: Yeah, it sucks because it's like, it's possible, it depends on the circumstance, it depends on the school district, it depends on a zillion different things. Like, he could have been functionally homeschooled and probably have been able to keep up with the credits, et cetera, et cetera, but, it, it, you know, it sucks because um, you know that he wants to go leave and he wants to do something beyond this and watching him be, you know, cut down in a way that's pretty unceremonious. Is a bummer. Um, And he carries that anger and frustration into the hallway um, because he drops some yearbooks. Spinner runs over to try and help him. And Jimmy is just like, you know, fuck off, get away. And by the way, Jimmy is allowed to say fuck. Jimmy gets fuck for this episode. I'm into it. I've decided. Um, And Jimmy... You know, is, is trying to push him away. Spinner lashes out with a good old, what's your damage? And Jimmy is fucking pissed because... And points out that, like, hey, my whole fucking situation, you're connected to. Like, you are one of the catalysts for this thing happening. So he then begins to shove Spinner... And Marco immediately springs into the scene to try and break it up.
1: Yeah. Um, Spinner. And then then Spinner blames Jimmy. Because, you know, good on you. Um, <laughs> uh, then there's this really cute little scene where Toby walks by Ashley and nudges her. Mm-hmm. And, like, Ashley pushes him back. Yeah. Um, and mean, we, ne- we never really got to see, besides the one episode where they had JT run against Ashley, we never really got to see them be, like, brother and sister, and I'm always kind of disappointed by that.
0: I think there's there's a bit more in the first season, because we do get to see into their home, and we do get to see a little bit, like, because we do also see Toby's mom, uh, Toby's dad and Ashley's mom interacting a bit. But honestly that died like I would say like first se- after first season, I feel like we never really got any of it. But, but also like how like for for a first season that was dominated by Toby, he immediately like dropped off after a while. So yeah. and, and Ashley kept getting plots for for honestly for a while she had plots with her mom in it and things like that. but like it, it's a shame because I think that, the fact that they became step siblings at such like a transformative time in, in life and everything. I feel like there could have been more of a story there. I feel like there could have been more of, um, also, also, um, there's a little bit more cause, um, there's also the wrestling episode with, with Toby. Ashley is concerned and tries to like, you know, ask him questions about it when they're home and things, but it's a, it's a relic from the earlier seasons. Um, and it's it's upsetting because uh, I just feel like there was a lot of potential things they could have talked about that honestly a lot of kids can relate to. Um, pres- like I, we don't really have confirmation necessarily, but we're assuming this is like an interfaith household. This is a family, uh, you know, kind of coming together. Like there's a lot of potential concepts we could have been talking about with these two, um, and it's it's a shame.
1: I'm trying to remember, what was the, con- oh yeah, it was the holiday where Craig goes to Ashley's house and Toby opens the door and just goes, <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah, Mazel Tov. Yeah.
0: No, but he does. And that like that's the thing also, it's like Toby's Judaism is so frequently, I don't want to say a punchline because I don't, it's not always, but it is just kind of like a mention. Like if it's not like if it's not like a punchline, it's just like a brief mention as opposed to a genuine exploration of like his relationship to his religion and what you know, also like what is that like in Degrassi? Like how many kids are Jewish in Degrassi? We don't know these answers. And you had a character who was Jewish that it's only really mentioned within the context of Hanukkah most of the time. I mean,
1: I mean, the like first season, they're in seventh grade. He would have been turning thirteen. That would have been excellent for like showcasing Ashley having to go to a bar mitzvah.
0: No, but it's true. Like, there's there's there was a lot of potential stuff they could have done, um, and it is pretty disappointing. And and you know, I I had I was at odds with Toby. There's a lot of things I don't really agree with with his writing, but I think that. <sighs> framing it outwards it's more a matter of there were potential things that they could have done with toby there were potential like pieces that they were setting up they just didn't do yeah but so, yeah i'm getting as i miss i also miss their sibling dynamic and i liked seeing the moment
1: yeah um so la comes running up she's very excited to have her friend back
0: Mhm. Like they both are like, "Wow, like you know, you look great." And and honestly, it is pretty cool to see as much as I don't like Ashley's hat. It it is cool to see like how they have changed and how their aesthetics have shifted and how they have matured quite a bit. Um but they still have a fondness toward each other. Um which is really nice to see. Um and Ellie is kind of filling in things, uh specifically revealing that Craig is not around cuz Ashley's like, "Hey, like where's Craig?" And she explains, like, he's in Vancouver, he's dating Manny. They both are, like, ugh about it, which, ugh, please, girls. Um, And Ashley then reveals that she and Alistair broke up. So the boy from across the pond and her are no more. Um, And Ellie reveals that she has a crush, but she doesn't really see it happening.
1: Yeah. Um, Let's cut to the dot Marco is telling Spin that things will work themselves out I'm guessing with Jimmy um yes and Darcy brings up that like like, Spinner's like oh I'm done and um Darcy says like look I know like you'd give anything to have Jimmy back as a friend um and Spinner's like okay let's basically like make it official and they get back together
0: Hey,
1: Marco.
0: What? Right in front of Marco.
1: Yeah. To which Marco says, um, Okay, well, now you have to tell Paige what's going on. Um, And Spinner says, I guess I'll go over there. Um, Cut to a restaurant um, where... Jimmy and Ellie are showing Jimmy's artwork. Um we see a, we see a quick picture of Rick firing the gun.
0: Ellie is also like hyping him up so much. It's so sweet. Cuz yeah. like she she also is, as we know really into like horror and things like that and like she's like really leaning into like that part of Jimmy's portfolio and she's just super excited.
1: Yeah. Um Ellie leaves for a movie, and Ashley um, says, "Like, oh, so you and uh, Ellie are are kind of like make, becoming a thing." Um, and Jimmy says, "Like, well, we're just friends." Um, and Ashley kind of hits on, "Yeah, but you want to be more than friends." And Jimmy says, "Yeah, but girls don't date guys in wheelchairs."
0: Yeah. Um. Which, which I think this piece of internalized ableism is very real, and and I think that it is a very important discussion to have, right? Like, I think that disability, um, there is this very tough relationship with, with how you see yourself and if you see, and unfortunately, because we're in the society that we are in, um, it's very easy to get hung up on usefulness. And I think a lot of the time Jimmy doesn't see himself as useful. He can't play basketball in the way that he wants to anymore. He, you know, and now he can't even finish up school on time and all of this type of stuff. So I find that concept to be really an important thing to talk about because I, I feel as though that is like a very real struggle that Jimmy will probably have for a while and it might, it might like, you know, get more manageable and better over time. But I think especially when you're a teenager, especially when you've gone through all this type of stuff, it, it sucks. And it, it takes a while to, to deal with. The problem with this is my problem with it more is Ashley's response to it, which is to say that she didn't, didn't even notice that he was in a wheelchair and, um, and it just is, I understand where Ashley is coming from, because I think a lot of well-meaning, like, well-meaning but ableist people, like, would would say something like that. Um, but I do think that, unfortunately, there's just a, a, a delicate nature to this conversation that the writers just consistently have not really been able to handle.
1: It's basically the I don't see race of ableism
0: right right the, the, when the fact of the matter is is that you it, in terms of how we can do better for people in terms of disability it's it's acknowledging it and saying hey like you know you're right like you you like you know you're right you are in a wheelchair but not seeing like you know understanding that it's it's important like there's there's a lot of really good discussion regarding disability studies and disability rights on how a wheelchair is seen a lot of time as a hindrance when really it's a mobility aid. It is a way for someone to be able to interact with the world um, and a way for them to connect. And I don't necessarily expect Ashley to turn the conversation in that way, um, especially because disability studies, though, as a study has been going on for a while, abled people knowing about it is a bit... Dubious. I don't think very many people study it uh, at that era. That were not. That's not the best way of phrasing it. Let me try it again. Um, Disability studies is a study that is definitely happening, has happened, was happening during the time of this episode. Um, But I also know that it is one that it's just. It's not a conversation that I really could see. I. I would be particularly surprised the writers really engaging in, because it just seems like a lot of this stuff has been so slapdash regarding disability, but, um, it would, it feels like that would be a better direction of it, of allowing Jimmy to not see the wheelchair as, a, an like an adversity so much as it's a thing that you use so that you're able to do to be in a space that you may not be able to use if you didn't, ha- that you may not be able to access if you didn't have it
1: okay um i'm sorry
0: does that make sense
1: yeah
0: okay yeah it's it's a very difficult conversation and i also acknowledge i am not physically disabled so i also am just kind of paraphrasing a lot of study a lot of like texts that i have read um and a lot of like really thoughtful things comprised from people who do experience that but um it's a very complicated conversation and a nuanced conversation. <laughs> I really don't know what the right what everyone was thinking when they were like, "Yeah, we're going to have this be a plot in Degrassi. That's going to work." It's like, "Please, just do a lot of research before you even consider this."
1: Yeah. Um So, um Spinner comes in. Um excuse me. Uh, well, Ashley gets back to her gets back up to her old Ashley tricks of instantly meddling. Oh, um, I... And she's just like, look, I think Ellie has a crush on you. She basically told me. <sighs> um, cut to Paige's house. Um, Spinner uh, says Dylan let him in. And the two of them start reminiscing. Um Spinner wants to talk. Um and they start reminiscing and then they end up kissing. Oh no.
0: Before we get into that, I I think this also kind of further's my point of how the friendship club aspect is kind of almost a red herring in what the actual like what we're supposed to really be thinking about with Spinner. Um because they're flipping through uh, the year before's yearbook, or two years before? Time is fake, I can't remember anymore. The year before, I think, technically. Um, and they are reminiscing specifically about, according to Paige, how they ran the school, because they were the best couple, and there are pictures of Spinner when he's when he was in downtown Sasquatch, and all that type of stuff. Um, and he talks about how he wishes that he could go back. Um, and Paige then <laughs>
1: Sorry. It's
0: okay. Um, the big thing is that Paige says, I never blamed you. And then he's smoochy-smooing. He is just searching, hunting for someone to forgive him or to have not seen him with fault. And it's infuriating.
1: It's like the 11th Doctor, except not as interesting.
0: I don't know enough about Doctor Who, but I believe you.
1: Yeah. Um,. I-
0: I mean, once again, it's one of those things where it's like, is—is is this not a conversation to have? It's absolutely a conversation to have. It's just, the problem is, it's just I have consistently been with this character and had to analyze his his antics for you know months, and I just don't feel like he's truly been like, oh, I fucked up. That is why people are mad. I can take accountability, and this is how I'm gonna do it.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then they sleep together.
0: <laughs> yep, they sleep together. Uh, next scene we're in Snake's classroom. Paige is giving well, Snake a gift. Oh wait, do you have any other thoughts?
1: Well, wait. Before this, we cut to outside. Um, JT and Toby are like putting up the the letters on the sign outside DeGrassi. Yes. And um, Toby puts up the word ass before there's the letters, and they, they're yep. both laughing. And what I like about this is actually, sh- like, considering this is the 100th episode, I think it's really fun and nice to kind of show Toby and JT, like, our original, like, BFFs, and, and, like, their sense of humor, which I didn't enjoy, but, like, you know, because but like they also kind of point out like JT has changed. Right. Like he says like oh that's really mature and Toby says yeah but it's still funny. Yeah. And it's a
0: like really good exchange. I will yeah.
1: be Like it's just you know they're not being weird towards gr- like towards girls. They're not doing anything like out of turn. They're just being little idiot boys like they always were and I can get behind that. Yeah, me too. And I after- said like, all the shit poor JT has gone through this year, like, it's just nice to see him, like, having fun again.
2: (laughs) Um,
1: so then we cut to Simpsons class. Paige, could you make out what this gift was?
0: Uh, no. I couldn't make out what the gift was, but I thought the, uh, um, the punchline was kind of funny. (laughs)
1: Um, yeah. Uh, since it says what? Come on guys, sounds a good mood. I just hope we can all get a little bit of the what's I always gotten into you, Paige. To which Paige says, I'm not sure that's advisable, mm-hmm. sir. Is that the punchline? <laughs> yeah, that was
0: so funny. That was a little bit like her just being like, Ah, let's swerve out.
1: Um, um Meanwhile, Spinner is panic texting Marco. Yeah, uh, and so, like, so, so we have a page. What exactly? Everything we went all the way. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, uh, then we cut immediately to the auditorium. Darcy has been looking for Spinner, Spinner's been avoiding her. Wonder why.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, um, he apparently never saw her, and um, then. Uh, like Spin is like Oh yeah I she, he was arranging A going away gift for her Because she's leaving um, soon For her bible camp um, They hug And he looks at Paige Because uh, it's time for the show And now During the show JT is one of the MCs And welcomes everybody To Herbal Essences Presents 50 Years of the Grassi I am your host, Sir Philip Degrassi.
0: What the fucking product placement? I fucking died. <laughs> Just like herbal essence. like what?
1: Just out of nowhere, like
0: right? Because it was like Pantene that sponsored the uh, Battle of the Bands way back when, right?
1: I guess I don't remember that.
0: I wonder if they all have the same parent company. Anyway, they might probably the illusion of choice. Anyway, it was really fucking funny. And then there's like an Herbal Essence logo in like the bottom corner of the of the stage of the uh, set, and I was just like, oh, this is this was a decision, wasn't it?
1: Well, there's one right in the center too. But... Yeah,
0: it's really fucking funny.
1: Um. Spinner goes over to Paige and um, uh, Paige is just like, "Thanks for last night." And Spinner's like, "Oh, like, for what?" And Paige's like, "Oh, I felt like that was a good way to end, and you know, her high school career." Um, And Spinner, basically, I think he's trying to say, like, he was kind of hoping, I guess, they could get back together. And Paige just kind of is like, mm, no, <laughs> we're moving on. Um, but she always have good memories of him. And Spinner kind of quietly says, you used me for my body.
0: But, like, I... <laughs> It's just, so like, that's more what I would expect your senior year, like, the last few weeks of your senior year to be like, right? Like, I'm gonna hook up with my ex-boyfriend for old time's sake. Like, that's more, that's more what I I come to expect with that type of shit. Alas, that's not what a lot of this episode is. But yeah, he's like, oh, okay. Um,
1: And this is also Darcy's 60s dance.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. She has, she's this little like mod dance. She's wearing the little mod dress and the little her, uh, it's kind of,
1: poof. It's kind of funny that she's, uh, you know, doing a dance for the sexual, to the era of the sexual revolution.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that was intentional.
1: Um. So yeah. Um. We cut to inside, like we cut to the backstage area. Um. Manny is confronted by Emma and Peter. Uh, Emma compliments Manny on her performance. Uh, Peter hands her a tape, says, "Show this to your agent." Ugh. Um. And Ma- uh, Peter's like, "Yes, I use my powers for good this time. Go fuck yourself, Peter." Um. I don't want to... We've already discussed that ad nauseum. No. Um, then we come to this, where Jimmy lays it on the line with Ellie, and Ellie does not feel the same way as Jimmy. No. No. What? No. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy starts, like, heading out, um... And Ashley's just like, but what happened? I thought you I thought you had a crush on somebody. And we realized too late that it's not Jimmy, it's Craig.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so um Um So we cut to the after party. Um, where everybody's talking about how bouncy and nice herbal essence products makes their hair. It's interesting. That's- um, no, uh, we get to see, uh, apparently, I got it wrong. Apparently, according to the transcript, it's Paige and Marco and JT and Liberty are dancing behind Darcy as she talks to Spinner. Um, And Spinner continues to lie and dig himself deeper into a hole. Um, Spinner says he's going to get them some drinks. Darcy sits down and opens up Spinner's phone. Fun. Um, Jimmy is uh, heading out of the school. Actually. actually
0: Why she's looking at the phone. Sorry, what? We we I I don't I don't remember if we've really mentioned why she's looking at the phone. We should be uh, clear here.
1: Cause Finner if, keeps saying he's getting her a gift.
0: Right. Like I wanna be clear that I don't think it's right to look at your partner's phone, but I, I also wanna like point out that like she's opened up the phone and she's thinking, I'm gonna find out what my gift is and like she has this like uh-huh, face on when she's going opening up the phone. <laughs> um
1: So, yeah, so Jimmy's leaving. Ashley chases after him. Um, Jimmy's feeling down about himself.
0: Girls don't date boys in wheelchairs. Guys in wheelchairs, I think is the word he uses.
1: Yeah, and then Ashley kisses him, and it's just like, what now? (laughs) Yep. Oh, God. Cut back to Spinner and Darcy. And, um... Darcy says, "I wanted to know what my gift was, so I looked through your phone. it was fucking caught." Um, and um, she starts crying,
0: <laughs>
1: and she just says, "You suck." Yeah,
0: yeah, no. it's it's not good.
1: So that's. <laughs> They've gotten together and broken up four times over the course of two episodes. <sighs> um, cut to the graduation ceremony.
0: Yeah, Mar- Margaret gives a speech.
1: Yeah.
0: Hathalakos presents the, the graduating class, you know, most of which do not have <laughs> plots relating to this episode. Um, during, yeah. Also during graduation, Spinner fucking you know... Steals the fucking show because he's leaning against the wall. Jimmy goes up to him and says that he blamed people. um, And then he wants to apologize to Spinner. And I'm like, you don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah. Like, uh, anyway, he chooses to. Spinner is happy about it, but is immediately has a, you know, set to, uh, your ex-lover is dead by stars. Okay. I do.
1: I do want to say that I think this is actually kind of nice. Spinner, I guess, realizes that maybe he can make amends elsewhere and goes running out of the gym. Um, and then he comes running back to give Jimmy a hug.
0: Yeah, that part's nice, I guess.
1: Um, and uh, sorry for interrupting you
0: no it's okay i just i'm so dumb with spinner's ass so i'm like okay
1: um so then um um yeah your ex-lover is dead
0: which i should also mention the next part of this episode has been imprinted on my brain forever And I think it doesn't really speak to my investment in Darcy and Spinner, but rather how a good song can really make a difference in a scene. Because I fell in love with this song through this episode and eventually got really into Stars because of this song choice. So I'm going to credit Stars on this one. I don't really think I give a shit about what happens next, but for whatever reason, the exchange in the moment is so, it's so like. Every, it was. It's another one of those moments in the series that was just like imprinted on me.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, it has a good setup, even if you don't like the ship.
1: Oh yeah. Um. So. Like, um, Spinner begs her forgiveness. Um, Darcy says she's not sure she can not this time kim's like yo we gotta go darcy we gotta get out of here um and darcy's like i'm not like she's at least getting the bus and spinner says to himself if she turns around to look before she gets on i'll be okay um she turns spinner like kind of lets out a breath he was holding and starts smiling and I, I don't give a shit.
0: Yeah, I love how this is set up, but, like, man, it's, it couldn't be to a worse, like, ship.
1: Um, the everybody's hugging and whatnot.
0: Each um, and Alex hug.
1: Yeah, which gave me hope. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he realizes.
1: Craig uh, shows up, says, hugs Manny, and asks her if, he, if she missed him. Um, I think he's holding his camera, which, was, like, it, it reminds me of, like, a scene in Battlestar Galactica where a character is wearing a lab coat. I'm like, right, you were a scientist when you showed up at first. Um, uh, and then they all throw their hats in the air, and that's the 100th episode of Degrassi. We out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we are. Ugh. Ugh. I, I stand by my assessment. I think that this episode—I feel like this episode was a disservice to a lot of a lot of characters whose stories technically ended in this moment.
1: I'm gonna give this a B minus.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Like it felt like the holiday, kind of. It felt like a better holiday, but still holiday. Ugh. And in that, like you get, you had such an excellent premise of Christmas at DeGrassi, and it just turned into. Mm-hmm. Like graduation at Degrassi and just turned into this miasma of just like boring characters doing
0: infidelity.
1: Just, yeah, doing the lamest shit ever. So, okay, I'm gonna do my quick character rankings. Jesus Christ. Um, Manny for putting her foot down and just choosing her own narrative gets to bump up a bunch of spaces. Emma for coming back um and showing strength for both for herself and for Manny gets to bump up some spaces. Peter, no. Um, spinner, no. Um, Marco, you're a wonderful cinnamon, cinnamon bun, and I love you forever. Uh, Paige stays where she is, Alex stays where she is because I can't fault them on where they are. Um, Jay gets to bump up some spots for actually being a decent dude for once. Um, Jimmy gets to bump up some spots for being brave. Um, Ashley Ashley for being true to herself and being meddling gets to bump up a few spots. Ellie for being both Jimmy's hype man and letting him down easy gets to bump up a few spots. Um, Simpson and Quan and Hasselakos they stay where they are. Um... Liberty, for continuing to be a boss, gets above a few spots. JT gets above a spot because he is showing maturity and that he doesn't think the word ass is as funny as it was anymore. Uh, Toby gets a bumped down spot um, for being gross. Hazel stays where she is. Adios, my friend. Um, Darcy.
2: Hmm.
1: Darcy gets to bump up. No, Darcy's going to stay where she is. Because it's like, I didn't care for the constant flip-flopping, but if Darcy, like... My distaste for Darcy comes from my own experience as a Christian. My experience as a Christian is that, like, we don't get to sit in judgment of people's sins our job is to help people overcome, like, their, you know, um, their weaknesses, at, like, as long as they accept them and want to move on from them. It's not about judgment. It's about acceptance. And Darcy couldn't accept Spinner, but also Darcy didn't deserve to be lied to. So I'm just kind of want to be, that's why I'm just kind of being neutral on Darcy. Mm-hmm. Being lied to sucks, but... Like, she could have just let bygones be bygones, you know?
0: Yeah, she so, didn't have to slut-shame in the process.
1: Okay, you know what? Actually, she's bumping down five spots just for slut-shaming Manny. Yeah. There's that. That,
0: that, that is not the point. And she needed to recognize that.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, everybody.
0: Damn. Um, I guess now we move on to recommendations. This is where we recommend things that are either tangentially related related, or whatever we're kind of feeling. Um, my recommendation, I actually only just got this book, so I didn't read it yet. Um, however, I think that the premise is very good. The reviews that I've seen are magnificent. And it also uh, is the winner of the National Book Critics Circle Award in Criticism. So a lot of people think that this is a really good book. So I'm going to recommend it a little bit before it actually started. Um, and it's called Wayward Lives, Beautiful Experiments, Intimate Histories of Riotous Black Girls, Troublesome Women and Queer Radicals uh, by Saidia Hartman. Um, and I wholeheartedly recommend it. Um, it is, every review says that like it's his historical text that's written beautifully. And I feel like that's such a rare thing to find sometimes. Like as somebody who's studied history, I've had to read a lot of dry shit um and I've done it because I love I love history and I love learning about uh, learning about history and everything relating to it but finding one that's actually written well and beautifully is really exciting. Um, this is focusing specifically um, in the Philadelphia New York City area during the early 20th century um, but I think that it's a really, really interesting premise, really interesting focus, and I think that it will have a whole lot of really cool information um, about about people who don't always get to be in, in the mainstream way that history is taught, especially on a high school level, social studies classroom. So I am super excited to read that, um, and I'm also going to recommend that when you order it, to try and support a Black-owned bookstore in the process. Um, I bought mine uh, based off of a list of, like, there's, like, a bunch of Twitter lists floating around of, like, of bookstores that you can order from that have, like, online services or pickup. I recommend looking some up. Find one that is that is shipping or is close enough to you to pick it up. Um, But this looks like a really good book, and I'm really excited to read it.
1: Okay. Um mm, I, I've just I've been playing a lot of Steam games lately. I'm trying I'm, I felt like there was one I just finished that I really enjoyed. Um I can't remember it. Um I, you know, I've been watching. I started watching a sports anime called Haikyu. Um, it's about volleyball, and these boys are so dumb, and I love all of them so much. Um, because they are so obsessed with volleyball to the point of just like to the point where it's painful.
0: Yeah, yeah, but that's sports anime. What can I say? They just they just love the sport. Yeah. Unhealthily so, sometimes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's it for me. Just
0: uh, Well Frank, you've made it through.
1: I made it through a hundred episodes of the show.
0: You made it through a hundred episodes. You made it through season five. We are moving right along. Um if you want to have any questions, comments, concerns, whatnot, you can always email us at ihopod at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Twitter at iHopePod. I am actively using the Twitter account now, so feel free to at me at any point, or I guess at us, but it will be me writing probably. Um, but you can definitely follow us. You can also join our Facebook group at I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcasts, where you can also interact with us, ask us questions, point out anything that you find interesting or you want to share out. Um, I don't think anything will ever really – I mean, I want this to be potentially topped, but um, I remember once uh, I, we were sent a Degrassi meme that the person themselves made, um, and that was absolutely delightful. So I encourage you to continue doing that type of stuff. Um, if you want to support the show, there are two ways. I'm going to – we do have a coffee account. I'm going to say especially, like, you know, really consider trying to donate. If you were thinking about donating to us, donate to – a bail bond, a mutual aid fund, a you know a nonprofit, something that is that is Black Lives Matter uh, positive and supporting Black people in some way, shape, or form. Please consider doing that if you are thinking about donating to us, uh, sending it to us this week. This week, um, and also set up subscriptions um, because it is really important that we continue getting funds to these organizations after this point. Um, and if you also want to support our show, you can also do that by writing a review and or rating. Once we hit certain thresholds, we will begin to get back with some bonus content coming in the form of extra episodes, of uh, fanfic, of a whole lot of stuff. Um, so definitely please send those in and thank you everybody who has taken the time to do so. Um, I haven't even counted where we're at right now with that, so we'll check some point. Um, anyway, thank you everybody who has taken the time to do it. Um, If you want to get in touch with me, you can follow me on Twitter at DM is unbreakable. Um, My, you know, uh, my profile doesn't always scream Degrassi, but I assure you, if you talk to me about it, I will gladly respond and start talking to you more about it. Um, I promise. Um, Also, I will mention I am working on a zine on, you can follow on Twitter called Cherished Zine. Um, It is focused on Dimitri and Dudu from Fire Emblem, Three Houses, and we're raising money for NAMI. Um, So we're hoping to support um, and provide funding for folks who are dealing with mental illness. Um, And that's pretty much it for me for promoting stuff. I think that's all I got right now. Thank you.
1: Um, I have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk, where I review teen media with my sister. Uh, I'm not sure what we're doing this week. Um, but uh, join us for what we call the summer reruns, where we just kind of check out just all kinds of crazy stuff. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. So, that being said, everybody, we hope you can keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us. See you next week.
1: Later. Bye. When there's nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself fire. Mm-hmm.